0: Namaste, good morning, good afternoon, good evening friends. Today we will listen about a speech by Helen Keller at Carnegie Hall, New York City, January 5, 1916. Let's start. Strike against war. To begin with, I have word to say to my good friends, the editors and others who are moved to pity me. Some people are grieved because they imagine I am in the hands of an unprincipled person who pursued me to adopt unpopular causes and make me the mouthpiece of their propaganda. Now let it be understood once and for all that I do not want their MPT. I would not change places with one of them. I know what I am talking about. My sources of information are as good and reliable as anybody else's. I have papers and magazines from England, France, Germany, and Austria that I can read myself. Not all the editors I have made can do that. Quite a number of them have to take their French and German second-hand. No, I will not depreciate the editors, they are an overworked. Misunderstood class, let them remember though that if I cannot see the fire at the end of their cigarettes, neither can they thread a needle in the dark. All I ask gentlemen is a fair field and no favour. I have entered the fight against preparedness and against the economic system under which we live. It is to be a fight to the finish and I ask no quarter. All the machinery of the system has been set in motion. Above the complaint and dean of the protest from the workers is heard the voice of authority. Friends, it says, fellow workmen, patriots, your country is in danger. There are foes on all sides of us. There is nothing between us and our enemies except the Pacific Ocean and Atlantic Ocean. Look at what has happened to Belgium. Consider the fate of Serbia. Will you murmur about the low wages when your country, your very liberties, are in danger? What are the miseries you endure compared to the humiliations of having a victorious German army sail up the East River? Why you are grumbling. Get busy and prepare to defend your to fire sides and your flag. Get an army, get a navy. Be ready to meet the invaders like the loyal-hearted freemen you are. Will the workers walk into the trap? Will they be full-dogging? I am afraid so. Their people have always been amenable to oratory of this sort. The workers know they have no enemies except their masters. They know that the citizenship papers are no warrant for the safety of their wives and children. They know that honest, sweet, persistent toil and years of struggle bring them nothing worth fighting for. Yet, deep down in their foolish hearts, they believe their country, oh, blind vanity of slaves. The clever ones. Places know how childish and silly the workers are. They know that if the government raises up them up in khaki and gives them a rifle and starts them off with a band and waving banners, they will go forth to fight valiantly for their own enemies. They are taught that brave men die for their country's honor. What a price to pay for a vague idea the lives of millions of young men. Other millions crippled and blinded for life, existence made horrible for still more millions of human beings. The achievement and legacy of generations swept away in a moment and nobody better off for all the misery. This terrible sacrifice would be comprehensible if the things you die for and all country fed, clothed, housed, and warmed, you educated and cherished your children. I think the workers are the most unselfish of the children of men. They toil and live and die for other people's country, other people's continents, other people's liberties, and other people's happiness. The workers have no liberties of their own. They are not free when they are compelled to work 12 or 10 or 8 hours a day. They are not free when they are ill-paid for their exhausting toil. They are not free when their children must labor in mills and factories or starve. and when their women may be driven by poverty to lives of shame They are not free when they are clubbed and imprisoned because they go on strike for a raise of wages and for the basic justice this, that is their right as human beings. We are not free unless the men who frame and execute the laws represent the interest of the lives of the people and no other interest. The ballot does not make a free man out of a wage slave. There has never existed a truly free and democratic nation in the world. From time immemorial, men have followed with blind loyalty the strong men who had the power of money and of armies. Even while battlefields were piled high with their own dead and they have tiled the lands of the rulers and have been robbed of the fruits of their labor. They have built places and pyramids, temples and cathedrals that held no real shrine of liberty. As civilization has grown more complex, workers have become more and more enslaved, until today they are little more than parts of the machines they operate. Daily, they face the dangers of railroad, bridge, skyscraper, freight train, stockhold, stockyard, and training at the docks, on the railroads, and undergrounds, and on the seas. They move the traffic and pass from land to land the precious commodities that make it possible for us to live. And what is their reward? A scanty wage? Often poverty, rents, taxes, tributes, and work compensations? The kind of preparedness the workers want is reorganization and reconstruction of their whole life, such as has never been attempted by statesmen or governments the Germans found out years ago that they could not raise good soldiers in the slums, so they abolished the slums. They saw to eat that all the people had at least a few of the essentials of civilization — Descent, lodging, clean streets, wholesome if scanty food, proper medical care, and proper safeguards for the workers in their occupations. That is only a small part of what should be done. It is your business to force these reforms on the administration. Administration. Let there be no more talk about what a government can or can not do. All these things have been done by all the belligerent nations in the turmoil of war. Every fundamental industry has been managed better by the governments than by private corporations. It is your duty to insist upon a still more radical measures. It is your business to see that no child is employed in an industrial establishment or mine or store and that no Work is needlessly exposed to accident or disease. It is your business to make them give you clean cities free from smoke, dirt, and congestion. It is your business to make them pay you a living wage. It is your business to see that this kind of preparedness is carried into every department on the nation. Until everyone has a chance to be well worn well-nourished, rightly educated, intelligent, and serviceable to the country at all times. Strike against all ordinations and laws and institutions that continue the slaughter of the peace and the cruelty of war. Strike against war, for without you no battles can be fought. Strike against manufacturing, scrap and gas bombs, and all other tools of murder. Strike against preparedness that means death and misery to millions of Human beings, be not dumb, obedient slaves in an army of destruction, be heroes in an army of construction.